This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Okay, welcome everybody to this latest episode of Forever Bristol City podcast. We're reporting the day after the afternoon before from the match at Ashton Gate, which finished City 1, Reading 1. Full house of guests with me today. Sat by my side is uh, is Neil. Neil Sutton. Tom's just got out of bed, so he's doing it from uh, home. <laughs> Ian's... Uh, Speaking to us from uh, not Madeira, but sunny uh, Devon somewhere. And uh, Mark, uh, he's over somewhere in the other side of Bristol. And we're down in sunny Cleveland, by the way, where everybody has started to park at right angles to the beach, as it used to be. It's a, pro- yeah, it's there's a, a protest, protest going on. We're right going now. to be part of the Cleveland protest after this. Gentlemen, uh, as we normally do, I haven't written any notes for this. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit off the, off the cuff. As we normally do, from each of you, um, literally 30 seconds on your thoughts on the game. I'll start with you, Ian. Just a quick summary of yesterday. I probably agree with most of what Nigel Pearson said after the game, and I I normally do. Um, We were very wasteful in the final third. There were three things wrong with our performance yesterday. Our shooting, our crossing, and and our well shoot, shooting it shooting in crossing mainly and I would add the final ball to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tom, your thoughts on on yesterday's game? Uh, frustrated. Two points dropped, in my opinion. Two quite easy points. I don't think they were a particularly good team, especially not to watch. Uh, Carroll was effective at what he does, but apart from that, offered not much. Uh, I thought we dominated large parts of the game, but a lapse of concentration cost us two points yesterday. Okay, all right, um, Mark, your uh, your thoughts? Um, an exercise in self harm, basically. That's that's just wasteful, frustrating, slow in the final third, dominate a possession against a side with Andy Carroll. I think if I'd love to see him see see if an articulated lorry could turn Vaseline in because I think it could, but he got the assist for the goal, and walk away from that. A game we should have won three times over. We yeah, drew. Yeah. Fair enough. And Neil, your your thoughts on that ninety minutes? 
Well, from an attacking perspective, it was almost like watching junior football again under 10s, wasn't it? You know, to you, to me, the Chuckle Brothers up front, really. <laughs> I mean, the, the the attacking that we had yesterday was, uh, you know, we got in behind, oh, I don't know, a dozen times? Yeah, plus, easily. Plus, yeah. How, how many shots? We have 18 more sh- shots. 18 shots. I mean, that, sometimes that's collectively three games or something yeah, like yeah. that together, yeah. isn't it? Eight on target. That's eight eight on target. Yeah, that's oh, probably about four Christ, games, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and, you, uh, you, had be, you had to be brought round with, you had to, you had to sniff some, some uh, you know, brought round th- after that, eight on target. I think sometimes we got in behind them and we were like, oh my God, we've got about four options here. And, and there was this complete panic confusion because we don't normally get in behind teams like that. And we just had an abundance of chances and just composure in front of goal. And some of our shooting, I think most of our shooting was either going towards the corner flag, wasn't it? Mm, it wasn't really. Good. I mean, it was hardly as if there was, you know, Lumley pulling a couple of saves, but we never really, you know, it wasn't four, five, no. six, seven, eight saves by no. Lumley, was it? No. I mean, for my part, you know, I thought it's easy to get downhearted about it because it was it was two points drop. I thought there were some very good individual performances which would come on to uh, later. But as a cohesive unit, it was a little bit all over the place and we had the 68 possession. We know what we're like when we're in possession. Okay, we did have the attacking threats on goal, but, you know, as Ian's just said, we didn't have the final ball. Ian, uh, if you look at the starting lineup, it, it is it's threadbare to a point. Although saying that, you know, you look at the players. You know, if you read our front four, Vyman, Conway, Mametti, and Wells, most of those would be first picks for any side in the bottom half of the division. Uh, but what did you think about the lineup? No surprises there. It's as needs must really, wasn't it? <clears throat> well, yeah, there were like you say, there were no surprises. Um... We thought after this international break, we'd have some players back. We did, but we lost another one. So instead of having seven, <coughs> seven players out, we had six. Mm. Uh, and unless we can solve that conundrum of continually having four to six players injured, some with poor long-term injuries, um, then we need a bigger squad. And that squad needs to be quality. And if you, if you look at the problem, it's easy to see where, where it is. In the last six games, we're the 20th best team in the league. We've scored six goals. Over the last 10 games, we're the 13th best team in the league and we've scored seven goals. Mm. So that it, you don't have to be Pep Guardiola to see where the problem is. Now, the, the issue is solving it. We haven't got a natural number nine. I think Conway's the closest. But it, all of the strikers we've got, you would say they would look better playing next to a proper number nine. And okay. That's 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 the issue with us. We stopped scoring goals. Yeah, no, and that that wasn't a problem at the first part of the season. Tom, um, you know, well, you I, look at I'll the... give you an example, Dave. After yeah. eight games, we were the joint highest scorers in the league. We had sixteen goals. We right? did. So we've now we're now twelfth in terms of goals scored, and we're scoring one point one eight goals per game. Now yeah. that is only ever at best going to get you in lower mid table. Which is which is which is where we are, Tom. You look at the back four. I mean, Tyner, Tyner, <laughs> Tanner, Viner, Pring, De Silva. Um, I, I thought they did okay, and there were times they were just playing it around. But there was nothing in midfield, and that's not to undermine Omar Taylor Clark. But uh, you know, Tanner uh, had one of his best games for the club. I thought yesterday. What, what yeah. Say, what are you on that? Yeah, completely agree. I thought Tanner was. 
probably the standout player for me on that pitch yesterday. But you look at that team, and we go back to it almost every week, and it's like, where's the creativity? There's no incisive passing. Yet again, we're going down the wings and trying to whip these balls in, and our crossing was awful yesterday. It was just all from everyone on the pitch. The only one I can remember being half decent was a ball from Tanner towards the end of the first half, which got to the pen spot. But Mamete yesterday, for all his, you know, we rave about his creativity and how he's this maverick that can create something out of nothing. But end product wise, yesterday, there's a few well, there's no end. There's no end product, Tom, there's, is there's there? No, because there's no. all this dancing around on the ball, yeah. but you don't see. The killer ball. He did a couple of what I would call flat, lowest trajectory crosses in the first half yesterday. But I think I might have been Chris Honor said that you know he's he's um, uh, was it he well not not he's flattering to deceive, but you know we need to have that end product, and you know he 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 needs to start producing, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he needs to go. It's like you know he was unfortunate not to score. Um, his first home game and then he was unfortunate not to uh, score up at Swansea yeah. but since then I can't think <laughs> since that Swansea game I can't think of a chance that he's had apart from no, the way he won yesterday that Sunderland, Sunderland sorry yes yeah. Sunderland away uh, where you know he's unfortunate uh, Patterson saves onto the post but from that game I can't think of a chance and that, that's uh, over a month ago yeah. uh, a left winger that we wrote about his creativity has had a real chance to score. Yesterday, yeah. he had one saved by Lumley, but he does this thing where he goes outside, then inside, then outside. But he takes that extra touch and it goes either for a corner or he gets tackled. That's right. You, know, and you just want a bit more. And he always does try and cut in on his right foot. That's the point I was trying to make. Mm. I had a pension a moment there where mm-hmm. I was thinking what Chris Honor said. It's getting predictable and the decent teams yeah. will stop that. Um, Mark, um, you look at... We, we said about the midfield and it was lacking in uh, Alex Scott um, Matty James came back into the team. Uh, Omar Taylor Clark, he, he he did get substituted. But what did you think of that department of the pitch? Yeah, no no creativity at all. I mean, Omar Taylor Clark, bless him, nineteen years old. He wouldn't get near the team if we if we if we if we didn't have the injuries. You know, he's only ever played at Yate Town on loan, but he did did the best he could. But we're just so slow. Uh, you know, with the ball going going forward. Uh, the one one move where we did pass quickly, we you know the the ball felt it worked and it fell to us in the area and and Tommy Conway scored, but other than that it was just too slow, far too slow. One and he one and two touch play, and you know uh, Matty James, there's nobody getting ahead of the ball from midfield. Uh, I think I've seen Joe Williams do that a couple of times away from home. Uh, I saw Alex Scott do that against West Brom, but we'd never see one of the central midfielders. You know, running ahead of the ball to get on the end of a cross, uh, we tend to get in a line, uh, like some l- little chain gang in the area, and expect the ball to, to fall to a forward. Naki Wells looks isolated up front. You know, a small one in a four-two-three-one. It's just not working. But mm. with with Mamesi, he he would be much better served with Campring there because Campring's a direct runner, and when he did get the ball. Uh, you know, he ran at their defence and he'd got some pace. With the silver, both of them try to take far too many touches. And it's it's like he's got him uh, it's like he's got the silver on a leash. He just you know, he just plods 
waits for the ball. No, he does. He'll bring the ball back inside, and there's just no point. And the crossing, I think our crossing coach must be Johnny Wilkinson, the way we put it in the air. Well, we had, did, just did unbelievable. I hear somebody say we had about 30-plus crosses yesterday? Well, there's no point. There's nobody with the physicality to get no, on the end of them, and they no, go nowhere anyway. No, hit, no. You, you can hit the ball low and hard across the six-yard box. Somebody comes in, it's got to go near post to try and take the ball early before the defender, or play the ball back to the penalty area and get somebody running in. Um, mm. But it, that, that final pass, even when we did that, and I think it was typified by Pring's run in the second half when he took the ball from a corner down the right, and he played the ball on top of Naki Wells. And oh god, it's shocking! Some of those final passes, considering how how you know that we got into the final third so many times behind them, it was a shocking. Um, and that's why it was a frustrating afternoon. Yeah. Neil, um, yeah, I said when I was running through the side with with Ian that front four or offensive players of Vyman, Conway, Mametti, and Wells. We've got all the strikers on the pitch, but you know, and they're all good players in their own individual way. So why? Why isn't it working? I think I know what you're going to say because of the midfield. But, you know, those four, bearing in mind last season, WSM, not only did they score, they created for each other. So that was a unit. Yeah, but last year the WSM, they were very different players, weren't they? Yes. Oh, yeah. and, and and what we have at the moment, we've got a, a lot of forward players, but they are all of a similar ilk, can't they? They play in a, in a very similar way. You know who we missed yesterday, Dave? Go on. Sykes. That's who we missed yesterday. The the game against Birmingham was the last game, the home game was the last one I remembered that actually we, we got behind him down the wings. Yeah. And those runs that he was making in on the penalty spot, the amount of times that we just needed somebody to make that run diagonally into the penalty spot or on the edge of the area for when the ball the up come cutbacks or whatever. Remember the goal against uh, Blackpool that Alex Scott scored as well? Yeah just hanging around on the edge yeah, of the area. Yeah. There was nobody making those sort of runs into the box yesterday. So the Sykes runs, the, the Scott goal against Blackpool, those type sort of runs, just intelligent. Like, he's getting down the wing. I'm going to not rush in. I'm going to just take a couple of steps Think back about here. It. Think about it. The You know, the goalkeeper Lumley yesterday, there was a few shots at him. He was like punching, half handling. He's a bit of a mm. Frank Spencer, isn't he, in the box at the best of times. Yeah. But... Um, Yesterday there was there was a um, I think there was an abundance of chances in yeah. a way. Yeah, there was. You know, we got in behind them so many times that at times we had too many options, and I think the composure was lacking in the cross. That's right, because I noticed under Paul Ince they were playing. You could see it; just it was a rigid five-three-two, mm. and they were very. They seemed very. I mean, big side, cumbersome side. You know, I th- I thought when King came on, he made a huge difference. Yeah. Actually, I thought when King came on in the middle of the park yesterday was really difficult conditions. Obviously, we haven't spoken about the pitch mm. or anything. Oh, and, we and, will. <laughs> and, and really difficult conditions. But the players that were technically better actually had better games yesterday. Yeah. So De Silva, in some ways, technically very good. Tanner was technically very good, read the conditions well. And I thought when King came on for Taylor Clark, we got a little bit a little more... Bit more of yeah. security in the middle of the park. Yeah. That said, completely right what Ian has said about the lack of creativity. Mm. But Well, let's talk about, we'll talk about that because, again, obviously we talk about the balance of the season. It looks like Scott may well appear uh, for the last two or three games. Three weeks. Three weeks. I've been told. 
three week out for three weeks. Out for three weeks. So he's gonna he's gonna probably play the last two games of the season. Can I just last. say two, can I just say two words? Yeah, go on. Oh bugger. Yeah. Well, there we go. Thank you for that. That was a massive contribution. And, All right. and yesterday, <laughs> yeah, Matty James did his hamstring. Right. Matty James did his hamstring. Yeah, right. I, I, said, I said to that, Ian, I said, I said, to, right. I said to Ian, I, I thought he limped off, didn't I? I said to you, Ian. All right, Ian, yeah. I'm coming to you next, Ian. Let's, let's talk about the balance of the season. But Ian, I want to take, take us through the goal, Yeah, rather than me talk about it. How did you see that goal? Because it was a first half where we did get the ball in the back of the net, but it was ruled out for offside. They missed an absolute sitter. I think it was Mate, yeah, where uh, that was the only chance they had. But we deserved it. Take us through it as you saw it. Well, uh, we we it was some quite nice football. We played in Tanner, who crossed it. It hit one of their defenders, came back to Conway, and he smashed it in with his left foot. It was a nice finish. Um, but once again, it was that little bit of luck where where you know the the cross hit one of their defenders and it came back to Conway. It could have just as easily come back to one of their players. But on the balance of play, we needed to be in front. Um, but but that's uh, that's how I saw the goal. Mm. Tom, I thought Conway did well. He was quick with his feet because he it came to him from his right. And it was a it was a it was a clinical finish, almost slide rule. He slid it in with his left. I thought he showed good feet. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he sorted his feet out really quickly. And Conway yesterday, I, I felt he was playing a bit of a position that's unnatural to him. Uh, mm. He was he was asked to play deeper, almost in like a Scott sort of role, um, to free up Wells up top. But yeah, it was a good finish. I mean, he said in his uh, post-match interview that he's not even had a 21s game to get his match sharpness back. And I think if you look at it on the whole, it shows how much we sort of need him if we're rushing him back without any... You know, sorry to sorry, sorry to interrupt, but Richard, according to Richard Forrester from the uh, Evening Post, Bristol Live, whatever they're called this week, uh, James <laughs> came off. James came off with cramp, yeah. and according to to somebody else um, at the at the club, uh, Scott's out for ten days. But then again, we we said that about Naismith, and he was out for ten games. Yeah. So then, yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. All right, Tom. I mean, so good finish, but yeah. Oh, although we had all that first half domination, other than Wells' effort that was disallowed, we weren't really testing the keeper, though, Tom, were we? No, there was. I can think of, you know, had a shot from twenty-five yards, but we we would get into the positions. I mean, our heat map yesterday must have just been by the corner flag because mm. we'd get the ball there and we'd look up and we'd see these three big centre backs. You know, you have got Tom Holmes there. Even had Carroll playing centre backs at some t- uh, some points, and you're like, you're looking at it, and it's like Wells, Mametti. You know, we're not a particularly big team. And we're trying to lump balls in the box and hoping for a drop down, and that's where the goal, you know, sort of came from. It came off one of theirs, and it's a, it was the only bit of composure really in the game where Conway side foots and doesn't lash at it, and uh, we were lashing at shots yesterday, particularly in the second half. It felt like we got a bit desperate to try and find that goal. Yeah, and we were just we were just lashing at things. But yeah, I thought. I thought Conway played well yesterday and I thought he made a difference. Yeah. yeah. Mark, Conway, good to see him back. Tenth goal of the season. You one could argue if he adds two or three more to that between now and the end of the season, he's another one coming off the Academy production line. And if he maintains it at the start of next season, he could be another one that's gonna sell for a few million quid, would you think? And he's Scottish yeah. international to boot as well, or under twenty one or whatever it is, yeah. 
Yeah, I think he's a breakout star this season. And it was a shame he did his hamstring against Swansea back in January because I think he you know, he would have scored a few more goals. He's he's always looking for the next pass, always on the move. Uh, you know, he hits the target more often than not. Always want to take a shot. And yesterday it was a result of a one two. Came back off the Reading player, but he hit the ball through you know, hit the ball with his through his laces, right into the corner, right on, on half time. Uh, you know where, where we deserve to be, and I think his race was probably run after after an hour because, like, you know, we hadn't played an under twenty one game, so it was probably down to stamina. But uh, I think he'd be better in a two or or a, or a front three, well, really. And I, again, I, because, you're not the first because, person that said because that he, morning, because yeah. because he's because he's so effect he's so effective. But uh, yeah, God knows what the team's going to be against uh, Stoke if we're missing, you know, Scott. Uh, Naismith won't be ready and James um, yeah, well we're playing Friday Monday as well so you know but I mean <clears throat> Neil Reading yeah that was their first point away from home this year they, they haven't won a game in five right um, it seems as though he's got them well organised Paul Ince whose managerial career thus far hasn't uh, <clears throat> hasn't matched his playing career but what, what did you think of them yesterday they had a lot of injuries and I think they had one game plan and that was the set piece. I mean, literally every time they got a throw in or a free kick or even a goalkeeper had the ball, all you needed to do was look where Andy mm. Carroll was. Yeah. And he knew where the ball was going to be kicked to every single time. There was, um, I mean, their equaliser, I know we'll get to it and I won't describe it, but it was the one time when they were effectively two of their players blocked out our players an isolated Carroll, yeah. and that was the one time we switched off, really. But other than that, I thought we played him quite well. I mean, the Andy Carroll of old, he was a player, wasn't he? When oh, he was God, at yeah. Newcastle, when, they, when he was Newcastle, at we got a two all draw against Newcastle yeah. the year he took. He was and at West, top he played us the West Ham um, home game. <coughs> That's right. Um, in the cup, That's and right. and he, you know, he was a great player. Well, he it's, made Chris Martin. He made Chris Martin look quick, didn't he? he his legs have got, isn't it? I, I mean, it's, it's great. Bit. It's almost like when you when Wayne Rooney played down there, you know, and uh, for for Derby when he was playing manager, yeah. the Derby, and you thought, "There's a player," but there was a player sitting, there. Once. There was a player there once, but yeah. you know, with with Carroll, and you thought in his prime he must have been some player, but yeah, yeah, they they had one game. But there's no way Paul Lintz after the game went, "Oh, you know, you know, we were always in his NC. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were always." You're thinking you're lucky. You've listened to that four-minute interview. There, I haven't. It? I've I've seen it. Oh right. Thought, but I, I, to me, a bit of humility for Minster saying on another day that could have been three four. He did. Say, he didn't say that. He didn't say no. that. Well, they're not he, going to, are they? He just went. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we we deserve that point and all the rest of it. And yeah. Like right. Okay, mate. Yeah, yeah. True. So into the, into the uh, into the second half again. You know, you you always feel at one nil. It's um, potentially not going to stay that way. Uh, you hope to get the second goal. But Ian, coming to you, uh, the goal, uh, I, I thought Carroll played okay yesterday. Every little flicked header, it seemed meaningful and with purpose. But um, yeah, some people have been blaming, well, not blaming, pointing a finger at Max O'Leary saying he should have done better. But what, what, what was your take on the goal, the equaliser? Cool. We were in trouble from the point we didn't mark Carroll from the set piece. Yeah. And every, as Neil quite rightly said, every long ball, every free kick was aimed at Andy Carroll. So it wasn't difficult to predict. 
So they they hit. A, we give away a stupid free kick. Uh, I think it was Vyman, King, and could have been Jada Silva trying to play tight, neat little passes in about a, a two yard space. They came away with the ball. Mametti's given away the free kick. He was very lucky, Mametti, not to go off for a second yellow in the second half when he pulled that lad back and he'd already been booked. Mm. Um, so they put the, the free kick in. No one stood on Carroll. I don't think he even, I don't know if he even jumped. But he <coughs> had hard in the middle of his forehead, fired it towards goal. O'Leary could have stayed on his line um, and not come to try and get to the ball, in which case... He may have tipped Zhao's header over the ball, but when the ball comes in like that and you've got a very small defence and you're the final line of uh, defence, then you tend to throw yourself at it a little bit. So I'm not, I'm not going to criticise Max too heavily um, okay. for that, but the, because the problem wasn't caused by him. It was caused by not effectively... And when I say marking Carroll, I don't mean out jumping him because we didn't have anybody capable of that, not unless Naki Wells stood on Jada Silver's shoulders. But it, it, and even then, you'd, they'd, they'd put the two of them together, they'd have probably been a little bit shorter than Carroll. But um, it, it, once he'd middled that header and put it towards goal, we were in trouble. And and Joe's, Joe's a decent player. Joe's the sort of player... That it, he's he's what he is a nine who can take the ball with his back to goal and he's and he's a bit of a he, I didn't think he was very good yesterday uh, but I have seen him cause us huge problems over. over well, he played years. for Sheffield Wednesday once I think and he's I'm sure he scored a couple against us. But he but he, he earns a fortune. It, I don't know if he's still earning that same fortune. I think he is because he when they bought him from Sheffield Wednesday he signed a long term deal and that's one of the reasons. In I think it's in two weeks' time they get a six point deduction, which will on at the moment from where they are. They're uh, seven put, points above the drop at the moment, it, Reading. Well, it will put them one point above the drop. Yeah, and look at what Neil Warnock's doing at Huddersfield. Um, Tom, the goal uh, that we conceded, the the equaliser. Um, you know, again, it was a deft header by Carroll, and would you say? I think Ian was heading that way, and if we had developed the conversation, said he cost too much money. But would you say Lucas Jow is that conventional number nine that we could do with? Uh, I personally wouldn't want Lucas Jow due to his injury record. The man is a fantastic player, but he's always injured. I mean, you speak to Redham fans, and uh, well, I'm good friends with the Redham fan. And he speaks about Lucas Jow, and he's just like, cost them eight million. Cost an eight million pounds, Lucas Shell from Sheffield Wednesday, and um, he's on big money there. And mm. it's a striker's finish for sure. But for me, I wouldn't really. I don't think Shell would fit the way we play either. But saying that, we missed Atkinson or Callas yesterday. Someone that is a dominant header of the ball. Mm. Someone that's got a good leap and a powerful, you know, particularly Callas, almost like this double jump where. Ball comes over and you see Callas up for everyone, and he's you know running through. Brick well, and Baker, and Baker for that, and Baker for that, and Baker, um, just to just to you know minimalize Carroll's effect. Thought Mite particularly first half was was good for them, but Carroll was everything was flicking off him, and the goal comes from Tom Holmes blocking Pring and King, and then you know Pring tries to get out to Carroll in time, and it's like Maxing sort of half comes because he doesn't. I think Max lost his bearings a little bit there of where the ball was and how close they were in because he storms out to the six-yard box, then stands there 
He doesn't yeah. even really fully commit. He doesn't put his hands up. He doesn't attempt to punch it or get anything on it. He just stands there and, and Zhao realises that as, as good strikers do and just flicks over. Mm. Yeah, so, Mark, do, do, yeah. do, do you think there's a player lurking in League One or League Two in the mould that, you know, a Zhao is? Or do, do you think, you know, that, that somebody like that isn't really the answer? Well, I'd rather have Jakob Mate, to be quite honest. I thought he looked much better than, than Zhao. 27 years old, I don't know if he cost a, f- a few a few million. Probably one of the other players who's, who's draining their finances and sending them uh, into, into, into duction. I think he looked a better player. He turned he turned Viner inside out in the first half and mm. played it across the box. But obviously, you know, he got a lot of inconsistency. Just going back to the goal, the ball's actually played to the corner of the 18-yard box, the left corner. That's where Carroll heads it from. Yes, he does. So he actually heads it into back into the middle. Now, there's no way they should really score for there. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. And of course, he gets between Tanner and I think uh, Viner, uh, Yao, and maybe you know Max is a little bit too quick off his line. But Carroll's header from the from the left hand from the left hand corner of the 18 yard box. It's ridiculous to be able to. He's headed the ball from there, ten yards foot, ten yards back into the middle for that header. That's the stupidity of the, of the goal. But uh, yeah, we. I mean, going back to having a striker, we need it. We well, we need you need two players for every position. So somebody from the academy. I don't know if we got. Uh, I don't know if Palmer Holden or Francois is a type of player. I don't know if they're physical mm. enough to be able to play um, a number a number uh, nine role to you know to, to, as a, as, a, as cover. But we definitely need to bring somebody in. And mm. um, I mean, we're desperate. We've going back to the goals we scored. We have scored thirty goals in thirty one games. That's that's how bad that's how bad we are. Since that opening flurry, you're saying, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. That's what it is. Okay, Neil. Um, there's no comp. This goalkeeper that we had, who's gone hiking. Mm. Mm. You know, you'd have <clears> thought had he not gone, if he'd have bided his time a bit, he would have been given a run of games in the side because the, there have been a few question marks over Max, and you know, we haven't. I don't think any of us have overtly criticised Max right now, but. Is Max going to be the number one next season? You know, because where's where's Badgick at the minute? Is he on loans? Yeah, he's gone back to Valencia or whatever like that. No, Haken's gone somewhere, but where's Badgick now? Valencia. Oh, he's got he's, yeah in in France, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, for me, Max is basically where we are as a club. Mm. <laughs> uh, we've given him another three-year contract because he's he's all right. He's solid enough. He's a solid enough championship keeper. But there are times when you see, you know, he's never going to be a top-class championship keeper. They had one chance yesterday, and I agree with Tom to the extent that it's not the first time where he comes, but he doesn't come. Um, do you remember that? Um, the West well, Brom, his first the, game the, back as well, though. Yeah, that was... the, the West Brom game, Asante. Yes, similar goal position. Oh, yeah, wasn't it? well, just off the boot. Well, I mean, they, they, yeah. they, they chipped it, but he comes. He doesn't come. He he doesn't really command this area. Um, he's a he's a good goalkeeper, but we need better. If we're if we're going to get into the playoffs or top ten, and we serve as a sign, that is the type of thing. Yesterday, where they have one chance, and that's where you think really decent goalkeeper yesterday. The ball's coming in. He stays on his line. He gives himself a chance. You don't come. You don't take 
four or five steps out, get yourself in no man's land. What, what are you hoping to achieve there? You're not covering the goal, anything looping off the header. You're in a bad position, but he comes and then he just gets caught. He doesn't read it particularly well yesterday. And at that time, you just look at it and you think, yeah, I like Max. I understand why we've given him a new contract, but he's a backup keeper. He's not. And he, but he's got to play. Not, every he's game. not a top ten. No, championship and he's got to play every game because whilst Richards on the bench, that's just having a keeper on the bench. There's yeah. a keeper coming next year, isn't there? Because we're not going to go through a season with Wales Richards. Unless Badgick stepped up to the plate. Oh, yeah, unless Badgick. But that's got a feeling of uh, something. That's got a Masengo type feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah. It hasn't worked out. And we just. Talking about that with the French. Is is Khalifa Cissé still at the club? Uh, I believe so. Ian, is Cissé still there? I have no idea. I I think you've been unkind to O'Leary as well. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not. I, in. I'm not saying that he's a bad keeper. I'm just saying he's an average championship keeper. And the difference well, is when, when, when you score, when you score, when you're not scoring goals. You know, yeah, the keeper, the keeper makes a difference. Yesterday, I'm not saying he's entirely culpable because there was a number of things. Letting Carroll have the free header at the back post—that's poor. We switched off. That's what Pearson alluded to in his interview. Not winning. The, letting Jow jump above two or three of our players and, you know, 10 yards out. That's another thing. As a collectively, as a team, we didn't defend that goal in any shape or form particularly well. Done. No, we didn't. But, but I, O'Leary came, well, he stopped, on, he, he found himself in no man's land. If you have one chance in the game and you're doing nothing throughout the rest of the game and there is one opportunity where you need to do things right, it's unfortunate the goalkeepers are the most, you know... If they make a mistake, invariably, it's a goal. It's a goal. Whereas anywhere else on the pitch, you make a mistake, and generally, you know, you can get away with it. If the keepers, you know, you have one shot, they have one shot on target, the second, the whole of the second half, and that's the goal. So they have nothing to do. So they do. You do look at them, and you do you do think, okay, what could you have done better? And if there was a goalkeeper, you know, Pat Mountain turned around to him, and he, they showed that you've come, but you put yourself in no man's land there. You've neither come for the ball on trying to punch out and he gets ahead of you, right, okay, but he came, but he didn't make it. Or you stay on your line. But he didn't do either. He didn't come and he didn't stay on his line. So, Okay. Yeah, but I think... Go on, what were you going to say? Well, if if you put all the goalkeepers in this division in in a bag, shook all the names up and handed them out to different clubs, I don't think it would make three points difference over a season. You know, I look at their goalkeeper. Yes, is, is, is would you rather have him than O'Leary? I wouldn't. No, um, that's Lumley. He's complete. yeah, but they're all the. I mean, I, I've, I've looked. I mean, unless you add somebody like, I mean, as soon as Burnley came down, they had to sell Nick Pope, right? So if you had somebody like Pope, yeah, he might make a difference over. But I think with Championship goalkeepers, I, I look at it some in the Premier League, and I look at him some weeks. And I think, I mean, you do you think the guy it, it leads Melier is is that great? It it. It, uh, I've it, I've I've seen I've seen down the gate this year at least half a dozen better keepers than Max. I'm sorry, but I have. There you uh, go. In your opinion, yeah. All right. Just no. It, well, it is. It is. It is all about um, opinions. Um, closing stages of the game, Ian. I'll I'll, I'll stick uh, with you. We had uh, a King header. It was end to end stuff, wasn't it? It could have gone any way. We had King's uh, looping header onto the bar, and Harry Cornick. Right, well, two things there. Cornick had a chance right at the very end that would have been a worldie, very much like that chance that he had in his very first game. So 
when he when he came on, he did. He had a one on one in his very first game. How, how is that half volley? That volley at the end, anything like where he's run through about thirty <laughs> yards? <laughs> All right, okay. I'm not quite sure you could draw right. the parallels. Look, 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 I haven't shut up. Right, okay. I mean, we had we we, we almost snatched it at the end, Ian. And what did you think of Connick's uh, Cornick? Sorry, Corn, not Connick, not Cornick. the singer. Cornick's uh, thirty. He got thirty minutes, and a lot of people have been saying on the forum that was probably one of his better games, which is against a low bar. But uh, that chance and uh, his performance. What do you think? Well, the shot was a yard off target. Um, at least he kept it down. It was a bouncing ball. It was nothing like the one where he went through one on one. I don't. Th- I, d- I don't think he ad- added anything when he came on. That's why I look for substitutes to do. I mean, Andy King hit the bar with the header late on, or I think the keeper might have touched it onto the bar. I couldn't quite see, um, and I haven't watched the goal, uh, watched any of the highlights back on YouTube yet. But I, I don't think it, it, the, the way that we go. I mean, Mametti nearly gave the game away in the end by just continually cutting in on his right foot and trying to have a shot, and he got tackled on the edge of the box. And they broke, and it was only the fact that the ball got stuck under Joe's feet. Yes, it <laughs> stopped him galloping, galloping through, and they could have won the game. So, yeah. as we were all up the field trying to get this goal, um, and I, I applaud that attacking intent, but uh, it, I, I think it, with our our final ball and our crossing, we are Mark's stat highlights it perfectly. It's and, and I noticed it because when I, I did a uh, I do a match review and, and and ratings and you look at the negative aspects of our game. I always start off with the positives, the negative aspects of our game, and it, they are identical most weeks. I was glad to see us change our set pieces slightly and start putting the ball in lower. Although as the game wore on, lower became knee high. So and they weren't hit hard and they weren't hit early enough. Um, Mimetti doesn't cross early with with either foot. He's continually coming on his right, and he he he'll never ever see more of the ball in a game of football than he did yesterday. He must have been fed up with getting the ball. And, and do you know what, Ian? That I'd been saying in a lot of the games that Mimetti has been in so far that we need to give him more of the ball. But you yeah. just answered it. He had a lot of the ball yesterday. Hell of a lot of the ball, and it was always come on, come on, come on. Oh, oh. he just. It just didn't happen for him, did well, it? This is the this is the, the overwhelming emotion, isn't anger or anything like that. It, I, I, it's a nuisance. It's it's just pure frustration that we dropped two points uh, in a game that we dominated and should have won. And we did well. I mean, our our defense did well against very physical. I mean, when I looked at the lineups when the players were on the field, if someone didn't know anything about City. If someone would have said, well, Bristol City, that's their under-18s, and that's Reading's men's team, you'd have gone, oh, yeah, no, well, that looks about right, because our lot are pretty small, aren't they? Now, in the main, yeah, in the we, Well, how many, how many players did we have on the field yesterday that were over six foot? Two? Mm, yeah, probably. Yeah. Viner, Viner and Pring? Yeah. I don't think anybody else is over six foot. Zach, I, don't think I think it's Zach. Is, uh... Viner, Viner and Pring, that's Zach. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, all right. You, you, you know. So if, when you look at, I, I was concerned that if they could, I thought if they were going to get a goal, and I said this a week before the game, 
um, if they were going to get a goal, it would be from a set piece and it would be because of the, the, their power in height. Mm. Uh, I mean, they must have been four or five inches taller than us on average. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Really didn't come into the game mm. uh, as much. And, and that's, a, that's a credit to our team. And, you know, it's, it's not... I'm not blaming Nigel Pearson. If we haven't got tall players, we haven't got tall players. You can't pick no, them. No, as he would say, as he would but say, it is, it is what it is. Mark's point, who, who's at the club at the moment, who we could bring in as a nine, Seb Palmer Holden and Josh Average just got recalled from Yeovil because they couldn't get in Yeovil's team. So I can't see them, you know, tearing up trees for our first team if they can't get in that side. No, I, th- I think the thing with Yeovil, I, I was talking to some people <clears> before about the Yeovil thing. They've been taken over by sort of a, almost like a, an agent, and they've got about twelve players on loan, and they can only play five players, on loan in their first team squad. All so right. they've gone there, and they played. But this this you know scout guy who's down there is basically bringing in so many players, and Mark Cooper is just like, oh god, you know. Who, who are we bringing in this week? And he's just bringing player off the player off the player. And then that's why they can't actually, they couldn't get a game because the amount of loan players that they've got down there. And uh, that's why they've been recalled. So How did you go... ever get on yesterday, by the way? Well, they were losing 2-0 to, to South Oh, Christ. So they're in, they're in a bit of they're, 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 they're in a real mess. It sounds like they've got a director of football there. They're shoving players here. Well, I think, that, I think they've yeah, just taken we, Kevin Bond. Can we, hear from, can, we, can we hear from Tom and Mark? Because I'm, I'm conscious it's turning into a conversation between you and Neil. Uh, I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm responding to your Yeovil thing. Ah, right, okay. All right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yes, Tom, yeah, yes. Pre- pre- President President Neil is in the Oval Office. Mark, shut up, Tom. <laughs> Tom, Tom. What Hello. did you think of Cornick? Sorry, Neil. What did you think of Cornick yesterday? Uh, it was one of his better games. I thought. I don't. I don't think he did much wrong yesterday. The thing with Cornick is, you know, I, I <laughs> there was some fans yesterday that there was just these these you know boos, particularly from somewhat in the corner, and you're like, really. Like, yeah, that for me, that annoyed me. It it was a minority, but you still, you don't want to see that. I mean, that's a new player that's coming in January. And he's, he looks out of place at the minute. But next season is what I'll judge him on. And I think what everyone should judge him on. Because, you know, you, it's a bit difficult to see where he he fits into that team. You know, we're sort of trying to shoe on him in at right wing, and it's like, okay, we fried him down the middle. That's not really worked. But yesterday, he didn't I thought he held the ball up better than he has in previous games? Didn't lose it much. Yeah, um, and he, he took an optimistic shot at the end, but he just needs a goal. He really just needs a goal. Just, just something where, you know, I think he, he needs he gets... a composed midfield something behind him mm. because uh, I... we're in this habit of having, you know, if we put forwards on the pitch, we're going to score. Yeah, and what, it doesn't work like that, does it? No. What I would say is we haven't seen him with, you know, it's clear that he, he'll have some link with Cal Naismith and he'll have an understanding. I don't think he's got much of an understanding with the rest of his team. Mm. If Cal Naismith comes in that team, they're going to have that understanding of how each other play from Luton. Mm. And then we might see a bit more of the better Cornick. But at the minute, it's a bit like he does these runs and he does these early runs and preemptive. He's offside quite a bit. 
but he really preempts runs and then he's not getting played and then he's offside and then everyone's going, oh, Cornick, he's not impacting the game. Yeah. It's not like he's not making the runs, it's that he's mistiming them. But with Cal Naismith on the pitch, he knows how Cornick will play. And I think, you know, we can have, be a bit well, more... Well, we might see that before the him. end of the season. We might see that before the end of the season. Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, Mark, what did you think of the referee yesterday? He did a couple of bizarre stopping the game from flowing. I recall once when Nigel was sort of beating the ground in frustration and he booked a few, didn't he? We seem to, people saying we're lightweight, but we picked up bookings, but they're for nearly little fouls. But what did you think of him overall? We've seen worse, haven't we? But it wasn't Yeah, it's, it, it's quite strange. I mean, the referees have raised the bar this season in terms of the amount of physicality before he book players or, or give free kicks. Some referees will let things go. This referee didn't. You know, it was overtly fussy, and I think you know we we had a chance of a of a break. There was a foul in in our half, and we could have you know we got the ball away early, and he dragged the play back. But there were lots of fouls, niggly fouls in transition yesterday. We got free bookings. I think Omar Taylor Clark, the physicality of the game was a bit you know over overcame him a little bit. I mean, he worked his backside off, but that's the best you can expect from a player with his little experience. But yeah, this this referee was prepared to to, to challenge everything. Um, but I mean, just think we could have conceded a goal um, from from poor uh, officiating on the line when the you know that that ball was uh, uh, Mate with I think it was was clearly offside in the first half mm. uh, by about two two yards. Uh, you know, beg, begs you know, think that what what could have happened if he'd have scored if he'd have scored from that. But yeah, fussy refereeing yesterday, lots of breaks, and um, I don't know if we're going to talk about the pitch, but that's the worst. I've well, seen we are I'm come this on season, to that. and I'll Awful. stick with you on the pitch then, Mark. Since you've, uh, will you stick you with just, me on the pitch? Yeah, yeah. Go on. Then. What did what, I? I thought it looked very. The, the grass seemed long, and obviously it had been played on the night before. But uh, yeah, it, it was problematic, wasn't it? We never seen to have a problem in it with a Deso pitch. You know, it wears very well. Um, I think we were a bit shocked. Man City fans were complaining about the state of the pitch, weren't they, after the, the cup game? And we're usually very proud of our pitch. You know, obviously it's got to do with the amount of rain that we had on it. Uh, and of course, rugby because of the uh, because of the breakdown in place, scrums, rucks, and malls is going to tear it up. In places, it won't tear up like you know, like a a, a standard football pitch because it's got that mix of uh, plastic uh, as a, as a three D pitch. So it, it's it's much truer. But that's yeah. I mean, it, I think it's just it's just showing it showing the signs of age really, and it. That's that's the worst I've seen it. I think we've been we've been served very well by it, and we take it for granted that it's going to mm. be looking fantastic, like a you know like a a, a billiard table, a billiard green table. beige table. But it, yeah, it's just so in, showing signs of age. I don't know. Uh, anybody know? Got any uh, any any comments on pitch technology? Can they repair it? What did you think? Can it pitch? be relayed? What happens? How what do they did you do think it? of the pitch, Neil? It, you know. Well, it, there was the some, grass seemed long. There, there, there was there was some rather bizarre markings in the middle third, weren't there? There's sort of like cross markings that I didn't. It well, almost looked the middle. Ink. They'd run out. Of green no, no, ink. no. The, no, there, there were like crosses in the middle and sort of worn parts. It was almost like someone had dropped a load of containers on it overnight and then picked perhaps up. They're, perhaps, they're, perhaps they're conducting satanic rituals there. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it was unfortunate the game before, a lot of rain, and then Saturday yeah. morning there's some more rain and, and all the rest of it. But it's not conducive to 
our pace and our counter-attacking type style, really, the carrying of the ball. I mean, it helped us out a few times, like um, like somebody mentioned about the ball getting stuck underneath Zhao on that on that, that break <laughs> on that breakaway <laughs> at the end. But I think I think with it, there was a number of players, particularly in the first half, that were losing their footing and um, and sliding around a little bit. I mean, God knows what would happen if it started raining. If it had started raining yesterday on oh, that it pitch, it churned, just would have turned. It? it would have turned into a complete no, 20, pitches, twenty yard. Remember the pitches back in the seventies, the baseball ground in particular. Yeah, goodness me. So no, I th- I, th- I think we weren't used to it. Yeah. But okay. it's the same for both sides. Collective question to you all: Have we all bought our season tickets uh, for twenty three, twenty four? Not not yet, but I'm but I'm going to. Um, and right. I think Ian said the deadline, the, the window closes. For season ticket holders in, did you say the second of May? Yeah, the second of May is the last date you can renew on. So I'll be doing mine on about the sixteenth of April. Oh, there you go. Very precise. And if I didn't go, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to be be entertained by Ian and and Peter in in the coffee shop. So there you know, you I, I just I've just thanked my lucky stars that I've I've got I've got friends like that. So yeah. get me out of the have house. You, have you bought? Have you bought? Yours yet? I have. We're we're in E32. I have to say, as I'm getting older, you know, yeah. obviously not as old. You're only you're not only 32. You. No, E32. E32. Oh, sorry. <laughs> God, how, how, how old would that make me when I had Tom? Oh, <laughs> I'd be like Hot Cliff special, wouldn't thanks, it? Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Tom. Uh, Tom, have you saved okay. up your pocket money? Have you saved up your pocket money, or was your dad quite generous in that respect? Uh, Those no, cars I, won't I, clean themselves, Tom. <laughs> I um all right. A reason why I ask about season ticket because I was inspired to buy mine this week, also because I was on a three percent. Did you bang your head? No, I was inspired because <laughs> we may be bang average at football, but when it comes to sustainability, we're number two out of seventy-two clubs in the FL. Ian, I mean, does that make you feel proud that we're number two behind the <laughs> Forest Green Rovers for sustainability. Um, well, it's, it's not something I, I'd rather we were number two than number seventy-five. Um, I'd be a lot prouder if we were top of the championship. Uh, I've got to be honest, and I think that's. Uh, uh, but no, I, I, I quite like the fact that uh, sustainability is coming through because it's something that the world needs. Um, albeit, if the if the entire as I said to you yesterday, if the entire UK sank into the sea tomorrow, it would make two percent difference globally. So yeah. the, the world <clears throat> needs to do a great deal more. But before we solve that problem, we need to solve the problem of poverty because if someone's starving, they're not going to worry about emissions. So no. uh, and until no. we get our friends in India and China. Uh, and and possibly USA are doing better than they were uh, until we get them on board and and uh, hopefully we've got a government in Brazil that's not cutting down the rainforest. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, is it a good thing? Yeah, uh, is, is it something to be proud of? Yeah, I suppose it is. It's okay. up there, isn't it? Okay, that's me being the cynical. That's very well said. Ian. I am nice the cynical one. bugger that I am. Uh, Tom, you know, we're mm. you're you're the youngest of our tribe. You know, is is um, is things like the environment and its relationship to football, you know, I mean, do you sort of think, oh, I'll cycle to Ashton Gate next time. So I don't put any, uh, I, I'm not using as much carbon or whatever. Probably not actually. Uh, no, not, not from Cleveland, unfortunately. That's a rather long bike ride. Um, 
I did, did make me laugh at half time, Mr. As Downsy puts up the pledge ball stats. I'm not sure if everyone else saw there. But we have what? I what mean, is that? Been, what is that? I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I think it's, you know, a, a pledge to save carbon emissions. But it's clear that we're really going for this look how great we are sustainable, uh, sustainable thing, our, you know, after get this uh, place ranking. So we put it up and we've got 135,000, whatever. Uh, and they've got zero. And it's like down to going, come on, Reading fans, come on. And it's like, oh, right, okay. Like, what is this call to save the planet from Downsy? But I mean. Look, luckily, we can't hear, hear see the um, uh, Downsy in the uh, in the dolmen because the PA doesn't work. So, I mean, that's something. Or mm. being sustainable, perhaps they could fix the PA system in, yeah. in the dolmen. Well, they could. I mean, they could. Downsy yesterday, he announced 20,000, but I've seen everywhere else that it's 22. Oh, it's like... The club's saying 22 in the BBC site, 2526, which is what he announced, I think. It didn't look there was like never, 22. no way was the 22,000 people in the ground. Like Even... did, you see, did you see the gaps in the south stand? I mean, I've just been looking yeah. at the highlights. When, when Zach Viner's uh, complaining about the offside in the first half, it pans back and you're thinking, look at all those gaps. You know, people were people were staying away, probably. Uh, you know, by by the by 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 the faults of, of heavy rain that didn't arrive, and that you know they can stay. You can stay. And there's Easter holidays as well, so most well, people are yeah, probably stuck but, but in still, there was, there, there must have been about about eighteen now, I reckon, with the with the gaps. Mm. But I mean, it's a nice thing going on sustainability. It's a it's a nice thing, but I mean, a lot of these things you look like these carbon pledges. It's carbon swapping. You know, if we do this, somebody else will do this. It's it's like on a promise. Uh, you know, carbon saving when it never well, you really could, you happens. Could, you could actually cycle in from down end, couldn't you? Yeah, I could do. I mean, I think it's a nice, it's 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 a nice thing, perhaps to aim towards the, the younger and, fans, and, and we're get, yeah. getting and more, Ian, more you families in there. You shouldn't be pissing off to Madeira every five minutes, should you? You know, because you know, going well, on. He does row. He does row there, David. So he doesn't. Does you know, he doesn't. Even, <laughs> yeah, he does row there. It takes him ten days. He only spends one day there, and he's got to come back again. That's right, isn't it, Ian? Yeah, I, I look. I, I think there's a lot of it. When, when I see. Um, People who are very well up on these things, like uh, shall I say, Meghan and Harry, um, and and they take a private jet to go somewhere. At least I'm flying yeah. six hundred and fifty other people when I go. Yeah, and your your take on the environmental bit, Neil? You sort of yeah. Uh, I just sort of sustainability, and I just. I just thought, God, financial sustainability. Well, that's oh, a new dear. one, given how right. much money we lose. Yeah, no, that's very true. That's well, I, very I true. thank Mr. I thank Mr. Lansdowne personally and his family because he's made he's made Ashton Gate such a pleasant place to go that we can all be miserable in comfort. Hmm. That is true. That is true. Okay, look, looking forward, it's Easter, traditionally uh, a time for uh, when promotion relegation issues get. Uh, Sorted out. There's been a few over the years. I always remember 74-75 season. The year before we went up, we played Southampton on a Norwich. Friday. Norwich on the Saturday. With and Ted McDougall. Ted McDougall. And I went to Southampton and we, we, we won. And we thought Don't maybe we were going to do it that year. And, I, and later on that season was when the floodlights packed in at Leighton Orient as well. I was there for that one as well. But uh, look, two games over Easter, but it's spread out now. In fact, it's Good Friday and... Uh, Easter Monday, obviously we'll do a we'll do a review of Stoke. So let's let's talk about Stoke. Um, they were convincing four 0 winners at Coventry City uh, 
yesterday. Mm. And Ian Stoke, you know, if we're going to have any, we're five points adrift of the top half now. It was only about four weeks ago we were saying we're five or six points adrift of the bloody playoffs. If we're going to get into that top half of the table, then at the very least, we want to uh, get something up at uh, Stokes Ground on Good Friday. I mean, I mean, what, 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 what are your, yeah, what are your predictions for Stoke? I guess it depends who's fit we'll again, be, doesn't it? I think we'll be very lucky not to get get away with a boning. Um, we're if you look at Stoke over the last ten games, they've won five, drew three, lost two. They've scored nineteen goals and conceded only seven. So, on current form, uh, they should bluter us. Um, yeah. So, I, I hope <laughs> it's a Scottish word. If they can um, go up, uh, if we can go up there and get a point, I'd be absolutely delighted. Oh. I, I don't think we will because I don't think we'll have Naismith, Scott, uh, or Callas back for that. I mean, we don't. And we might not have James either, mightn't we? Yeah. Well, if he came off with cramp, I can't see why we wouldn't have him. But no. I think, for example, I think James and King will start. I don't think it will be Taylor Clark again. Uh, yeah. I don't, the three I said I don't think will be back. I think possibly two of them, uh, Scott and Callas, uh, Scott and Naismith, will be in for the Borough game. That would be a more more likely scenario, and hopefully we won't have any more out by then. Mm. Um but it, it's, I think it's going to be a very difficult game for us on our current form. I hope I'm yeah. wrong. I hope we go out there and win 3-0. Right. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't see us getting anything, Dave, now. No. Okay, Loud Lisa said on the text that we're 20th in the form table, so That's she's correct. expecting a defeat. Uh, Tom, what, what, what do you think? I mean, we've had some good results up at Stoke in recent years, but under that horrible little man, well, he's probably quite a nice bloke, actually, but Alex Neal. No, um, I think you called it right. All right, thank you. Uh, Tom, you, you, you know, you, you like Ian expecting uh, nothing. It's not going to be a good Friday. No, it's not going to be a good Friday. It's going to be quite a depressing Friday, I expect. Uh, I mean, they're a team in form and we can't put the ball in the back of the net at the minute. Mm. Um, I think defensively we've been more solid, but that's the real test, isn't it? They've got, I think it shows the ambition of the of the two different clubs coming into the the wind down of the season, they're going hard for playoffs and we're just sort of lumbering over the line a little bit. Yeah, because if you look, actually, if you look, there's about four or five clubs now that are within four points of that uh, sixth position, isn't isn't there? If I've they, They've got to make correctly. up, I think it's, it's a 10-point gap, but you would say they've got to play a lot of the teams in and around the playoffs and, you know, they've really picked up their form. They're five unbeaten now. I think it's four wins, one draw in the last, last five games or something bizarre like that. Uh, sorry, three wins, two draws, but they're, they're really going for it and we're just sort of... They've got a long and... way. I'm just looking at the league table now, Tom. They've got a long way to go. They're 10 points off uh, Blackburn and they've played a game more. Yeah, but you so... would say anything could happen, couldn't you? I mean, they've really kicked on, you'd say, and there's a team wanting to finish the season in a positive a manner. Which is what we were saying, yeah. which is what we were saying only a few weeks ago. Mark, um, I, I did a little analysis yesterday and I looked at the last eight games of the last seven seasons that we've been in the championship and we've averaged uh, at 
if you look at that seven seasons, only two of them have we managed more than a point and a half a game. Funny enough, one of them was last season, and one of them was, I think, the season Lee Johnson's second in charge. Um, but well, first complete season in charge. But you know, we don't, as a rule, finish the season well. And if you make that seven and a half a generous eight, we got one of those points yesterday. We're edging forward to fifty-six points, which is one better than last season. And, and somebody, I, I was somewhat uh, the, the I was I posted, you know, that's progress, and obviously being sarcastic, but. You know, Stoke. That's going to be a that's going to be a tough one up there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, they've done well uh, with you know uh, with teams who uh, above them. They got you know they drew with we do with Norwich. They drew away at Middlesbrough, beat Blackburn, hammered Sunderland five one, beaten Coventry four nil. Too far away uh, to get in the playoffs, I think. But you know, really looking to build for next season under Alex Neil, of course, who left Sunderland uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, because you know the grass, the grass we thought was probably greener, but I can't see us getting anything there, despite a win there in the last four trips. Um, and is that what it is? Is it four in a row? Yeah, four, won, four in a row. I think we won there. That we had that miss it cross, didn't we, from Jada Silva last yeah. year that flew in the the side of the net, uh, looked spectacular, and I know we laughed when it went in. And but um, on Good Friday as well, I think it was. And then was season. that one that first of that quartet? Am I right in thinking it was the one when uh, Benica? I was on holiday. It was a game I missed actually, and Benica Fobi scored at the start of twenty nineteen season. But uh, yeah, I think so. But I mean, we we we. Um, I can't see us get anything against Middlesbrough. They're in form as well. They're going for promotion. Uh, the challenge. They're about six points off of Sheffield United. Uh, nice sad pass five kick off because uh, it's going to be on live on Sky. I think like this. Funny enough, like the Sheffield United game was last. Uh, Last bank holiday Monday, Easter Monday, so I, I think it's going to be you know nil. Not no happy points. Easter. Not happy Easter. This season, well, this season, that, David. Look, see, see, yeah, look, look, look at Middlesbrough yesterday though. Yeah, they went to Huddersfield. Yeah, I think yeah. that. I think yeah, that was. I mean, that was. And that's um, Neil Warnock. Uh, that's, that's Neil, Neil Warnock. Warnock but I think I think that this season. At the end of January, at the end of February, I was looking confidently at, at the four away fixtures and thinking we could win at least a couple of those. We got one point and no goals in four away fixtures. I thought this was going to be basically the uh, the Alex Scott goodbye tour, you know, because we you know we're resigned to losing him. We, he's not even playing at the moment. We got our we haven't got many players available. We're scratching around for defenders, people playing out of position, yeah. and we're playing informed teams. And we're going to just scrape enough points to probably be three to six points above the relegation zone. Well, and it's a very sorry way to end the season. It is. It, it is. And very you know, sorry way. It'll be interesting to see how many people do go out and buy their season tickets. Neil, I wouldn't. Neil, but I wouldn't uh, be inspired. No. No. I mean, Neil, look, I'm looking <laughs> at us it. in four. We still haven't gone through the magic fifty. Yeah, and it's feasible. But if you look down as far as Reading, I mean, it's you got three team, two teams on forty eight and two on forty nine. You know, it's not impossible that we could actually slip slip down the table because we're what are we now? We're we're five points behind Sunderland in twelfth, and they got a better goal difference. So we, we've gone from a month ago saying, "Oh, might get to the playoffs," to mm, top ten, top half. Now it's slipping down. I mean. If we if we were to finish with less points and lower league position, when do the excuses stop of, oh, we're going through transition and what have you? Because this is a massive summer for Pearson, yeah, because he is going to have the Scott money, yeah? So 
we got to do, we got to get our shit together, basically, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of questions on certain players, like we spoke about before, about Williams and Wyman and players entering the last year of their contracts. Do you move them on or do, or do you keep them? The young players coming through, you don't want to sign too many players that necessarily block the pathways of the young players coming through the academy. But in the same respect, you know, injuries now have left us threadbare, haven't they? Really. And creativity-wise, I mean, we need experience out there. In the nicest possible way, we need experience out there. The Stoke game is, yeah. I mean, we'd, we're, I don't think any of, any of us today are actually expecting us to get a result up at Stoke, which is a shame because we've always done well. But, you know, to actually, we're drifting through the end of the season. Well, we? I said when I did that, I when, said when, on Twitter, when, we, when we get When we get to, say, the Rotherham game or something well, like I that, said, it, may, it may be that we're mathematically... Okay, or whatever. I think we're safe now. But if you look at it, I mean, I I put yesterday, and Dave Favs corrected me uh, when I said we we I said we ought we we would look at the Rotherham get we would look at the QPR game and the Rotherham game as our best chance of getting six points from the final eight because we've just talked about Stoke and Middlesbrough, but it doesn't get any easier after that because it then goes Watford and Sheffield United away. So based on current form. Yeah, we could quite easily lose four in a row. We we'd look we look like a team at the moment that's running on adrenaline and not very much else. Mm. Ian, what 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 do you say? I mean, you've been saying the magic fifty points that's first base, but you know it's the tough run of four games coming up before we play Rotherham. Yeah, and well, on they, current form, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, there's four. Look, the, if, if you look at look at a couple of things. Firstly, where we are in in the table, and where we are in the table is we're ten points clear with goal difference. Effectively, eleven points clear of Huddersfield. I think you can almost write off Blackpool and Wigan, who've got yeah. thirty four and thirty five points. I can't see them catching us. Huddersfield got thirty nine points. We've got forty nine points and, and a much superior goal difference. So that's effectively eleven points clear. So they have to do 11 points better than us out of the next 21. Mm. Now, that isn't impossible, but it does mean if we pick up five points, they'd have to pick up 16. Not going to happen. It does make it um, unlikely. Let's put it that way, on the balance of probability. In terms of our squad, I really challenge what Brian Tinian has said about the number of incoming players. I really challenge it because if we lose, and it looks like we're going to lose Callas and De Silva, definitely De Silva, um, and let's say we sell Alex Scott, and I don't think that's a given at that the kind of money that City are talking. No. Could it happen? Yeah. Is it a given? No. So, But let's say, just for the sake of argument, we lose those three, and we bring in... Three to four, which is what Tinian said. If Scotty goes, we'll probably bring in four from League One or League Two. Tell me how those players are going to improve the squad next season. Yeah. It, 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 it's once again on the <coughs> balance of risk and probability, that is, I would say, virtually impossible. So, what you're saying, if you say, oh no, they'll improve the squad, unless they're very different players and we're going to play very differently from how we do now. So, for example, you say, well, no, we're going to go out and get 
four absolute giants and we're going to go direct and we're going to be a big physical side. But just say, um, then you could, there might be uh, an explanation there. But how on earth do you, you sell, we'll call him a 25 million pound, 20 million pound player, an 8 million pound centre half and a a 2 million pound left back, bring in lads from League One yeah. and League Two, and they're better. Now, somebody said to me, ah, yeah, well, if we bring in a centre-half instead of Callas, at least he'll play. That's fair, but... That's yeah, but that's like having, that's like, as you say, it's like having a player, but he's not going to get any better. And I think to go out and shop in League One, because you've got, you got to add, we've got the eight million for... Let's say the Semenyo is the financial... Let's not get into the detail of FFP, but let's say the money for Semenyo is the financial correction that absolves us of any points deduction issues next season or whenever, right? But yeah. You get 25 million, 20 million for Scott, right? 20 million. Let's not be over the top. I think it's a bit of a slap in the face for the fans to go out and replace a player like that with, as you've said, Ian, you know, League One and League Two, because they're not going to be, they're not going to cost so much and they're not going to be on the same wages. And you look no, how much the wage to- bill is going to come down... I don't know what Scott's on at the moment, but if you look how much the wage bill is going to come down by Callas and De Silva coming off, and add that to the other players that have uh, the other what? players that have already gone, Dan yeah, Bentley, you, 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 you've got. Uh, they, I can't see those players being as good as the ones that go out the door. So you yeah. then say the question is, how do you then improve the squad? Because don't forget, you've only made it stronger. So if three go and four come in, you've made it deeper by one player. Now, players that, that have joined us out of League Two seem to take a whole season, uh, and that normally involves them getting injured to get up to speed. Yeah. And, the same right. thing, and the same thing happened with Andy King, who joined us after he hardly played any football for 18 months, two years. Yeah, so You get long-term injuries. We've seen it with uh, Kane Wilson this season, and he was the best player, according to fans and Whoever else well, statistically, he was he was statistically the best uh, player. Well, he was awarded, he was player of the season for all of League League Two. Yeah. So he came in, did his knee, no. and, and the, no right. was, and Tanner two hamstrings, King two hamstrings. No, so well, the, look, the evidence is there. They're fact, Ian. They're, they're facts. You know, they're, we, facts. they're, they're we absolute facts. Is we need to be very careful. And my squad number wouldn't be. 23 as it is now, it would be 28. Two because you've said, yeah, I've heard you say it on Radio Bristol as well, because we need uh, to cover for an unusual... Let me, let me give Tom and uh, Mark a word on this, because we need to uh, wrap up in a minute. Tom, um, if you look at the, um, you know, the the before we know where we are, the season's going to be over, you know, and, you know, if we were to finish any points, three points less than last season and maybe two places lower in the league, you know, it's when, as I said, when do the excuses stop? Because this is a watershed season now. The financial mess we got ourselves into is finally washed out come this summer. This is the reset time, isn't it? Yeah. What What do you see happening? I think we need to look. I'd I'd give eight weeks into the new season, and you want to see progression. You know, you want to see. I completely agree with Ian on the recruitment. If you're selling Scott for 20 million, and those are the figures we're talking about, you know, we're talking sort of like the Webster money, um, and that's going to be rare for us. Not We're never going to have a player 
in the coming years go for 20 million, I expect, apart from Scott. So you want to see that money used wisely. And he needs to get it right. And Pearson on the whole, has he got the transfers right? Yes, I'd say Atkinson was a good acquisition. I think Tanner's been Tanner's been good, but not all of them have been. No. Um, and Ian was saying about Kane. Ian was saying about Kane Wilson. I mean, you know, you, 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 I think you said Neil, we missed Sykes yesterday. Okay, Tanner is holding down that right back berth, but why not play Kane Wilson for half an hour in that right wing slot? You know, that offensive player wide on the right because he's been a bitter disappointment, and there always seem to be these little undercurrents of he's he's not quite there yet. Well, what, mm. what do you make of that? That's that's it supports Ian's view of players physically not being up to it. But you know, we we expected a lot more from Kane Wilson, but he's not seemed to get his uh, he's not getting a he's not getting a look in, is he? Is that to me? To you still, yeah. Um, the thing with Kane Wilson is, you listen to Pearson speak about Kane Wilson, and the one thing he highlights is his fitness. Well, he's not quite there yet. He's not quite. He's not fit enough. He's not. And it's a lot of, you know, he's, he's on the bench a lot. He's not playing for the under-20. He is and isn't playing for the under-21s. Maybe he gets 60 minutes. But what's that going to do? He needs championship football. If yeah. we've brought him in and we're just playing him and, and he's under-21s for 60 minutes, that's not going to develop him as a player. No. I mean, no. we saw him at Hull, I remember, going right back to the start of the season. And he came on and he, he was poor. And he threw his hands up, you know, saying sorry to all his, his teammates. And he got injured and he's not... Well, he was puffing, time. wasn't he, before he got he was injured? Pa- he, yeah. he was puffing big time. And But if we're saying about his fitness, he's got to come on maybe 20 minutes at the end. Yeah. You don't need good fitness to last 20 minutes particularly. No. What, well, like, what do you say to my view that he could have played 20 minutes yeah, yesterday in an offensive... I mean, ignore your defensive responsibilities. Mm. You're a crosser. You know, yeah. all your all your all your chart, all your assists last season came from crosses. But I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, Mark, oh, sorry, go on, Tom. Finish your sentence. What I watched a few of the preseason games this season, and the thing that I highlighted about Kane Wilson is his fantastic crossing ability. We got mm. lots of goals in preseason, particularly. You know, when Martin was there, and when we had Semenyo from Kane Wilson in advanced positions, crossing it into the box. I know it's only pre-season, but it's clear that there's some ability to cross the ball, yeah. and uh, it would be okay. good to see him in a right-wing position. Right. Mark, what do, do, you, do you agree with my view that there seems there's something not right about the Kane Wilson situation? And do you think he could have been tried in the absence of Sykes? Say, right, you know, you're not, you haven't got to worry about your defending, but give us some crossing, which was poor yesterday on every level. What do you say, Mark? Well, I don't see why not. Direct runner, he, you know, he did a couple of direct runs against Swansea to get crosses in, in you know, in the uh, the knock-ins of the game uh, a couple of Sundays ago. And, and, and we missed that because we certainly weren't getting on the left-hand side of the pitch with uh, with the silver uh, in tandem uh, with um, with Anis, Anis Mometi. So yeah, it's it would be a, another it would have been an, another weapon to, to to unleash. I mean, just for ten minutes, he would have had the fitness to be able to deal with that, to run at their defenders and just and just stretch them. Just mm. didn't do that. But we, of course, we're left in this situation by Mark Sykes' rank stupidity against Swansea. I mean, we got enough we got enough to worry about with all these with all these uh, injuries, but we haven't mentioned it. 
but that you know the challenge against Swansea on the player who didn't even foul him on he kicked Ryan Manning. Not well, he so did. He did. A, he did a Dave. He did a David Beckham. I mean, uh, Neil. Just, just I'm just going to finish with you on this one. Kane Wilson conundrum and sticking on the uh, um, Sykes situation. Okay, retrospective four match bad and what have you, but. We, we want to see these things apply consistently. So your view on just on that? Well, uh, which part? The Kane Wilson and... Kane, the... Kane Wilson, I think, if he doesn't start getting some game time and start next season, I can see him go. Because he looked a bit pissed off running I, down I just, the line. I just think he's going to be a 22, 23-year-old player and he's going to say, am I going to get a chance at this club? And if he's not going to get a chance at this club, then I think he's not going to hang around and mm. want to play under 21 football and want to sit on a bench and everything. I don't understand why he's not giving him a run out in a in a right midfield position, realistically. I mean, we're not getting anything from Vyman out there at the moment, I would argue. And I, I don't know why he's not getting the chances, but Pearson is very much, if you haven't got his confidence, look at the Duncan Idahen situation yesterday. Captain Poss- of the under 21. Possibly, the most, the, bench. possibly the most aerially dominant centre-back he's got available to him and yet he doesn't even have him on the bench. He puts youngsters on the bench. So I think you're either in his good books or you're not at the end of the day. Uh, the mm. second point's over Sykes. Yeah, I mean, as I said at the start, we, we missed him yesterday. Those those runs that he was making against Birmingham, that golden patch of those runs into the box, the amount of times we got behind him on both sides would have made a difference yesterday. He would have made And as Marcus said, it's Rank stupidity. But he's got a little bit about that about his game, hasn't he? Yeah, which is... So, uh, something about the Northern Irish, like with James McLean and Mark mm. Sykes, they've got that little bit of fire. And it's a little fire bit about, about that about fire them, that we yeah. need as a team. Ian, just to finish with you on uh, on this uh, this point, um, the Sykes ban, losing him for four games is a bit of a blow. And when you look at it, it looks bad. We want to see consistent application of that type of rule though retrospective because we've we've had a couple of situations haven't we where stuff's been done to us and the punishment you know people say oh the FA or whatever it is we've got something against us but uh you know Sykes was stupid there when you've got cameras all around the ground these days wasn't he well he was but in the same way that the Wigan player was stupid up there first game of the season when he kicked Joe Williams and he the ref he didn't even get there was no retrospective action and yeah. I don't I don't think he even got booked so I, I can understand Pearson's frustration with that and saying, well, OK, the rules applied equally and he's sending the Referees Association and the EFL all the evidence to back it up. So I totally agree with that. Going back to Kane Wilson, yeah, why not bring Kane Wilson? If, if you're going up to Stoke, why not freshen it up by giving Kane Wilson that wide right berth yeah. in front of George Tanner? Should yeah. make you a bit more secure defensively. And let's see what the bloke can do. Look, I if agree. he's out there for 20 minutes and he's having a stinker, then you can drag him off. Yeah. Yeah. But and but he's got oh, we've got seven games to go where let's give him let's give him let's give him a run. You know, well, let's give him a run. Well, let you, you you give him some minutes, certainly. I mean, you can even if he even if he can last the first 45 minutes and set up two goals with really good crosses, that'll do for me. Job done. All right, gentlemen. And listeners, thanks for everybody who's come in. I can see the number of people listening has gone up because they probably thought we were doing it at 10 o'clock. But we had a 9.30 uh, uh, start. 
uh, today. And, um, you know, it's been I think, a lively uh, discussion on uh, a whole level of uh, fronts. But thanks to the listeners for joining in and your comments on the, uh, on the text feed. And uh, Mark, Ian, Tom and Neil, thanks for your contribution. I'll say happy Easter now, uh, but we'll be reviewing Stoke on Saturday morning, I would think, or maybe Friday afternoon. I don't know yet, but we'll we'll be posting that. And good luck to the new podcast that's been launched. It was being promoted on Radio Bristol called One for the Bristol City. Quite a good name on there, but with fans' views and interviews and goodness knows what else. New episode from them every Tuesday. So another uh, Forever Bristol City, uh, another Forever Bristol City, a new podcast out there along with ourselves, Three Peeps and uh, OSIB as well. Can I just so, mention well, something that happened, that happened that happened uh, that's... Uh, um... Ian and I came across yesterday in the Supporters Club bar after the game. We, we were approached by uh, Neil Palmer, uh, yeah. the former Players Association, and they've been given yeah. uh, by a fan the shirt, Tom Rich's shirt, that he hurled into the uh, into the away end at Coventry in May 1977. Oh, I saw that. So the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the fan gave it back to Tom, who was in tears. Uh, you know, one of these 100% nylon Shirts, you remember? God knows how they wore those in hot well, weather. Fair play for that person for handing that back in. Yeah, no, thank, thanks for dropping that in, Mark. That was thank a you. useful comment after my wind up for once. Can <laughs> 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 I just say? But everybody, thanks for listening and uh, have a good week. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you all again soon. All of you. Have a lovely bye. Easter, everyone. All bye. you take care. Bye bye. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bow, bow, bowing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins are bubba-bubbing along. Red, red robin come bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and time supply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.